Welcome to a paranormal show unlike any other. The Ghost Helpers Show with your guides, Tina Irwin and Laura Van Tyne. Where the paranormal is more normal than you think. We are seasoned psychics who once led normal, everyday lives just like you. Until the paranormal world refused to be ignored any longer. We have listened to countless dead tell their stories, and we are sharing that knowledge with you. Join us each week as we take a piece of the paranormal and explain how it works using true ghost stories, the tales that the dead have told us. Our intention is to offer new insights and understandings of the paranormal pandemonium which surrounds that mystical fourth dimension and how it impacts our normal everyday lives. The Ghost Helper Show with Laura and Tina, teaching the living to help the dead, starts now. Welcome everyone to Ghost Helpers. I'm Tina Irwin. I'm here with Laura Van Tyne. And we want to remind everyone that the paranormal is far more normal than anyone thinks. Paranormal stuff happens every day, and that is never more true than the discussion for today of organ donation. It's a heavy one, but important. This show is not designed to instill fear. We're not today's taking, topic. Today's right? topic yeah. isn't designed to be fearful or anything. And we don't have an agenda. We're not for or against organ donation, but there's some little details that we feel might be helpful to know when you're looking at that box on your driver's license, <laughs> or if you have a friend or family member who has had, um, who's been the recipient of uh, a new organ or body part, or someone who was in fact a donor and is no longer in a physical body. Our goal really is to teach the living to help the dead, especially those who have given up an organ. And this is really about the health of our souls and the spiritual health of all of us, living and dead. And the topic of this show happened because a few months ago, and by the way, Tina and I have been going back and forth. Do we do this show or not? Because it's really controversial. It's not pretty. It's not fun. But yeah, we're not always politically correct either. <laughs> but also, we decided to do the show because it's important. A few months ago, a friend of mine had a cousin whose sister's child died suddenly. Does that make sense? You, you have My, a friend who had a cousin who had a sister? Who had a sister whose child, six-year-old little boy died like instantly. Totally healthy kid, nothing wrong with him. He ended up having like some respiratory infection, you know, like we all get like a cold or whatever. And this kid ended up dying. And my friend called me because this little boy is now with her and she's panicking. She can sense and see him and she can sense him and get a sense of him, but she couldn't see him. So she wasn't sure what was really happening. So she called me because the parents had donated this child's organs. And because in their moment of grief, they want to make sure that other parents may not have to deal with what they've had to deal with. And that's the death of a child. And it's very noble on the outside. But what we have to think about is the health and well-being of that soul. Just because we leave our body doesn't mean our soul automatically crosses over. Or, or knows what to do. Or knows what to do. Especially right, children. And it was rather horrific, but I'm going to kind of skim over some of these details. What happens when, and this is not the first organ donor we've crossed over. We've crossed over a lot of them. 
is that the body is brain dead and then the surgeons come in and extract the organs that are needed. But what happens is that silver cord isn't necessarily cut. And we're going to go into detail on that a little bit later on the show. So this little boy is now, he felt the organs being removed from his body because he wasn't fully dead yet. And now he can't cross over because he doesn't know what to do. And he was freaking out. He was scared. He was lonely. And I'm not saying this to be mean or cruel. It's just a fact. Let's, let's back up just a little bit. Uh, for a person to donate organs, not bone or tissue, but physical organs, kidney, liver, lungs, heart, pancreas, some of the major ones, the person has to be brain dead but the body is still alive because you have to have blood flow to the organs before the surgeons remove the organs. That's why we say that the, the body's still alive. It has to be because as soon as you, as soon as the person flatlines and there's no more blood flow, there's no more oxygen in those organs, the organs immediately start to deteriorate. And the probability that they will be viable for another person it drops dramatically. So they don't want to do that. They need, so that's why she's saying that the person still has to be alive and the subconscious of the, of the soul, the person who's dying, whether it's a child or an adult had no idea what this was going to be like when they, when they, when this was going to happen. It's an altruistic thing to do, right? I mean, it's altruistic for the family members and even an adult has no idea what's going to happen. And so a child doesn't know what to do at death anyway. I mean, we've said that a thousand times. N most adults don't have a clue, certainly not a child. So that's why this child is, is just, he is pinging among friends and family members. Pinging among friends and family members and also those organs. And he was in a panic mode. He didn't know what to do, where to go. He was looking for his mommy and daddy, all of this stuff. And for some reason, he connected on to my friend. And so we were able to fully cross him over. Because otherwise, when you are dead, the silver cord, which lives in the heart, is cut then you can travel with the speed of thought, which means you ricochet among every person who receives an organ or a body part. And you have to remember that the human body can provide 52 body parts, including bone, tissue, tendon, all that kind of thing. Can be donated. So the, all those things can be donated. So that soul is ricocheting among the people who still have living parts of himself and his family members because he's completely confused. See, we, we crossed him over and I'm grateful to have had that opportunity to help him and, you know, the many other organ donor souls that we have crossed over. It's a really big deal to cross them over. And organs are needed. We know that. And hopefully with technology, we can change the way we do business. Hopefully we will never have to be in a position where we are waiting for an organ and that horrible conundrum that you, you know, someone's going to have to die for you to have a, like a kidney and a pancreas or heart and lungs or a heart. There's no living heart donors. 
<laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. the only the only two organs where the person can be alive and donate are kidney. You can you can live with one kidney. Ironically, some people are born with three kidneys. Yeah, yeah. And when you donate an organ or someone receives an organ, the current organ you have that's failing is not removed from the body. So if you have two failing kidneys, you're going to have a third one. And I'm not sure what happens with hearts, but I know that kidney and pancreas, they leave the original organs in place for that person. And so there's just well, a lot of details and that go you, with this. You know, we hear about organ donation all the time. And if you've ever been to the, you know, DMV, no matter what country, what country, what state, what state you're in, there's always going to be a box to check. Do you want to be an organ donor? Because if you're in an accident and you, you die suddenly, you're brain dead then that's an opportunity. So I remember when my kids were all getting their driver's license for every single kid, it was pushed so hard to be an organ donor. And I, you know, normally we don't talk about our personal preferences or our beliefs or whatever, but I had to say no for all of my kids. And I'm with there because they're minors. They're 16 years old getting driver's licenses. No, no, no. And in each case of the DMV, I must have said it five or six times to the various stations that we go in because I don't, my kids are minors. I'm in charge of them. And I have personal experience of what this is like. And I do not want that for my kids. That's just my preference. It doesn't make me good or bad or right or wrong. And it's somebody who else that checks the yes box doesn't make them good or bad or right or wrong. It's just my preference. So at the DMV, there's always people pushing it there and it sounds great on the surface. It really does. And if you don't choose to do that, that's a personal choice based on a lot of factors. And, and so, um, yeah, so that, Again, it's not a right or wrong or good or bad thing. We just happen to be in the middle of something that's really powerful. And so consequently, uh, we can't, it's just, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's a challenge. So that's kind of where we're at with that. And, you know, when my kids are older and they're 18, they can make that choice for themselves. But as their parent, I did not want to have that choice. And what we're trying to say is, if this is maybe it's a religious belief maybe you have a physical condition where you you can't have your organs donated that's okay i mean yeah. I, I know some people who have this it's a weird kind of a they have uh various subtle diseases you can't tell from the outside so this person is never going to want to have their organs donated they shouldn't have to explain that to the dmv it should be private. <laughs> and point. now what's happening in California is that they are automatically checking the box. You have to really You have push to check them. no. You have to force them to check no. And you may have, again, religious beliefs that say that's not for you. But if you do check the box, we're going to give you some things that you need to make sure you, if you check that box, there's some follow-on. There's some the things future. that you can do to help any soul who is a recipient or a donor. We're going to get into that, but you know, you've got some statistics and I know you worked really hard this week finding statistics <laughs> on organ donation because they're so wide and varied. Well, again, as we say, we, we always do research before we put a show together and I'm looking up the statistics for organ donation and they're all over the map. You know, one of them said that 30,000 transplants were done last year. And then I saw another one that said there's only 11,000. And the difference in that kind of thing is 
a lot of them are living donors. They donated a kidney or a piece of a liver, which you can do and still be a living person. And um, there are roughly 113,000 people, men, women, and children on waiting lists for organs. So you can see why compassionate people want to, to make everyone aware of this need. Their goal is to preserve life and make everyone aware that there is a huge need, even in your time of greatest sorrow. Because if this is happening, it's a sudden death. It's not like you know this death is coming, which means it's really, really hard for the families. And what they're also saying is that 20 people a day die waiting for a transplant. The most common organs are kidney, liver, and kidneys are primarily because of um, diabetes, but it doesn't have to be, but kidney and pancreas, if you just get a kidney, because kidneys fail pretty, reg pretty spectacularly with diabetes, you know, type one and type two, um, but if you just get a kidney, you're still going to be a diabetic. If you get a kidney and a pancreas, you won't be a diabetic anymore. So those double organ transplants are becoming more of a uh, common thing. <clears throat> The heart, you and know, heart, lung, uh, intestines, uh, cornea, tissue, bone, tendon. Again, 52 body parts. But the human body is a really valuable commodity. You know, when you're talking, it's like I'm, I'm thinking all these thoughts. And you are? Do I want to know them? <laughs> yeah, you can know. You can know this one. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I, yes, let's keep this incredibly difficult topic well, light. You know, my husband. So you're going to sign him up? I'm going to sign them up. Yeah. No, no. So, um, uh, about a month or so ago, you and I were poised to go on a trip to Monument Valley and we we're going to do our show for Monument Valley. And, you know, seven hours into this drive, we get a call that my husband is in the hospital because he had to have an emergency appendectomy. And so we immediately turned around the hospital he was at, which was Scripps and La Jolla is known for organ transplants in San Diego County. And I get there and I'm tired because we literally drove 14 hours pretty much straight that yeah, day. Yeah, and my car was worried about us. It, it was. <laughs> it kept asking us if we wanted coffee, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> so smart cars or maybe not, right? Because you can't get coffee in the middle of nowhere. So anyways, I get to the hospital and I am just flooded with organ donation organ donors and also recipients who have died waiting or their organs, their donated organs failed, full of dead. And so I was able to cross them over. Maybe that's one of the reasons why he ended up at that hospital, because that was not the closest hospital to us. Yeah, it wasn't. And um, it, it was like, it, it was exhausting work. But to Poway had a water problem. So the hospital was shut down, which sent yeah. you to La Jolla. Yeah, exactly. And my poor husband had to drive himself there. It was a pancreatitis or appendix uh, pain. Not cool, but he made it. He made it. And, and, and so you have our personal experiences. You have all of these souls don't know what to do. Don't know where to go. So many parts of them are still alive that it's super confusing for the soul. And our goal really is to help the soul. It is about soul health and soul well-being, no matter if you're in a physical body or you're not, or you're in transition.
So it's a complicated subject. We're treading lightly because we want to be fair to both sides. I think that's a big deal. And I know that there are a lot of families that feel that their loved one lives on with their parts in other people. Although the way the transplant system works, you're not allowed to know who your donor was. And it takes up to two years to go through a process to find out who actually gave you an organ. And they do that because they want the anonymity to be complete. And uh, it's like I say, it's just can be very complicated. Well, There's you a know, lot of facets. Yeah, this. there is. And, you know, we used to do a show called The Karmic Path, and we talk about karma a lot. And I think there's a lot of karma with the subject. And there's karma attached to everything. There's karma if you decide to, to check the box, and there's karma if you decide not to check the box. And it's not right or wrong or good or bad. It's just a choice. And so, you know, discussing this, it's it's just a challenge. Now, maybe it was the living person's, maybe it was, well, okay. maybe it was the living person's karma to have someone help them. And also, we don't know what our past lives were always about. Yes, because you could have had a We've past We've all life. lived many lifetimes. If somebody tells you, oh, you've had three past lifetimes, guess what? You probably had more. Don't believe it. And, Invest, if, yeah. and it's, if it's the YOLO, you only live once. That's just not true, folks. No. Need to break that to you. <laughs> you don't live one lifetime, die, sit on a cloud, and play the harp for eternity. There's no spiritual service in that. No. And unless a, you like harp music. And then there's the other element to karma of taking good care of the body. And- uh, an, un an unfortunate number of transplants are because of suicide. Someone yeah. takes their own life, and that's a very low frequency in a body. When you commit harm against yourself, that's that's a really low frequency because it's a huge level of depression. So you're putting organs that have the cellular memory of a tremendous amount of depression in the body of a person whose frequency is low because they're facing death. So, you know, we actually have a course on understanding, you know, options and organ donation, you know, for people who have loved ones who have donated organs and for people who are recipients so that we can give them more information, more knowledge and help them so much more. And so when you die and someone donates your organs, whether you knew this was going to happen or not, whether you it was your intention or not, let me assure you, after you have died and they're taking your organs, it's not what you thought it was going to be. It's very different than they, you could have imagined. I'm going to be blunt, and that is they the donor does feel the pain of the harvest. And I'm not saying that to be cruel or vicious or to make anybody say I'm not going to do this, but they do feel the pain, and that's just an honest answer. And I know that the physicians say that they don't. The soul, the subconscious is aware of what's happening because, again, the person is alive. The subconscious never sleeps. So the subconscious is aware of what's happening. So that is now part of the soul experience and the soul memory. And eventually there will come a point in time with three-dimensional three printing. They're already doing 3D hearts. And then they are attaching um, the stem cells for hearts. 
and the heart is the easiest one to replicate. And we're making progress in this. And right now we're, I feel like we're in a transition, right? With between and technology. We will, we will, in yeah. my lifetime, we will see that we won't be needing human beings to die for someone else to live. And, and I think that's coming. And this is a transition part and the karma of souls who did donate those organs is it's a really tremendous thing. And that soul may not realize it at the time. That's not because foremost on their mind. Maybe one of those <laughs> recipients is able to live so they can complete a mission that, or a, a sole purpose to help others. We, we don't know. We never know what's happening behind the scenes. And maybe there was some sort of a karmic contract with these different people that you're never going to know. The soul is never going to know. And some karmic balance is completed with this. And we talk about when we incarnate here, we incarnate in group karma, family karma. And as we go about our mortal lives, you know, those families and groups ebb and flow and change a bit. And we just, we don't know really why things happen to certain people. I remember a client that we had years ago who's daughter had created this horrific car accident and left her best friend in a vegetative state for the rest of her life. What we don't know is what happened in previous lifetimes between those two people. It's not ours to judge. Exactly. It's, it's so complicated that no one can say yes or no to this. It's actually a spiritual opportunity. I think that may be the best way to, to provide it. And it's a spiritual opportunity for the souls whose organs are donated and a spiritual opportunity for the family who is rising to the occasion of their most horrible nightmare. And they're trying to turn something and horrible that was, into something positive. That was the case for my friend's cousin's kid. They were trying to make the best out of a horrible situation. They didn't want any other family to feel the grief that they were feeling. And that's very respectable. It's, it's, it's noble. It is a noble act that a family does in their time of greatest sorrow, huge, huge, their heart is breaking. It's also an opportunity for the recipient to look at their life. They have been given a second chance and some people receive organs more than once because if you don't take really good care of the organ or cross over the donor hint hint then that organ has the potential to fail it's uh that's really complicated yeah. um but we're creating a course on you know how to help an organ donor or or recipient so we're creating a course on that if you want to find out more, shoot us an email, and we're going to get that link up there probably in the next week. But um, you can follow us at on Facebook at Ghost Helpers. You can you know follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And when we come back, another reason why we did this show is because Tina has a brother who is a double organ recipient, and she's going to be sharing what that was like for her and her family to be, you know, have this brother whose life was saved and all of those little factors, because this is important to discuss. This is- It's you, personal. It's, it's personal. It's very personal and, and it's complicated. And we never think it's gonna happen to us. Is that fair? 
Yes. When you were a little kid and you guys were running around, did you ever think, oh, my brother's going to need some organs someday? You never think such a thing could happen. Right. We're all invincible. We're all immortal. So this is, when we come back, we're going to talk about, Tina's going to share the story about her and her brother and what they went through. A lot of fascinating details there. And we're also going to share with you how you can cross over an organ donor because it helps the living and the dead. And with that, you're listening to Ghost Helpers on Transformation Talk Radio, and we will be right back. Do you find yourself sensitive to the energies around you? Do you find that you attract certain people in your life who literally drain your energy? In fact, they suck the life right out of you. If so, this course, The Empath's Guide to Slaying Energy Vampires, is just for you. Here, you will learn the tools and strategies you need to take your power back. Sign up today at thekarmicpath.com under our courses tab. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Your money is your creational energy when you feed your wealth back into what you love. It signals your choices and returns to you. Tune in to Money Momentum with host Karen Baines and learn the truth about the widely misunderstood creative energy that is the cash in your pocket. Realign the things you can't see to get the results you can see. Listen every month for a whole new hour on how to get the money already aligned to who you are. For more information on Karen and Money Momentum, visit soulwhispers.uk. How do you feel? Just okay? Well, how about you tune in and get ready to be more with The Healing Hour with me, Doc Martin, every third Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I'm ready for your questions, and I can't wait to help you find the answers. Every month, we'll have a new live call-in show with innovative topics and a powerful hour of healing. To learn more about me, visit DrSharonMartin.com. See you there. I'm going to be here. You won't want to miss it. Have you lost a loved one and would desperately love a sign to prove that they are okay? Here's a tip for you. Be curious, keep an open mind about everything. The proof will come from the most unlikely places. The messages promise to challenge your current beliefs in what you've been taught. Accept and appreciate all, no matter where they come from. I'm Angie Corbett Kuiper. I would love for you to share your signs from beyond on my closed Facebook page, Beyond Grief. Welcome back to Ghost Helpers. We are talking about a lively conversation on organ donation. Tina's looking at me. She gave me those eyes. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about organ donation. And in this last half, Tina's going to share the story of what she went through with her brother and her family as an organ recipient. And we're also gonna share with you how you can help somebody who may have been an organ donor or recipient to cross them over and why that's so important. Again, it's all about soul health and soul well-being. Okay. <clears throat> Take it away. All right. Uh, uh, one of my brothers had uh, juvenile diabetes. So he, you know, at 15, this was discovered and uh, he, 
it was kind of devastating for the whole family to discover this, but he did a really good job of taking good care of his body the best he could, having a diabetic body. And and di- and when a person has diabetes, the the pancreas begins to fail. The pancreas produces insulin. And insulin is required not just by the pancreas, but it's required in the brain and other part other body parts. So it's and and for the pancreas to work correctly, the kidneys have to work correctly. And there's so many diabetics in this country, which is part of the reason why there's so much need for kidneys. And they're pushing living donors as well as those who die by a tragic accident and are brain dead to have their families donate organs because the need for a kidney and a pancreas is so tremendous. And so as time goes by, the kidney begins to fail. Both kidneys begin to fail and you have something called a creatinine level and the creatinine level gets higher and higher and higher and higher, which means that the kidney function is failing. Actually, that's what happens in cats. The cat creatinine level gets so high and we're not doing cat transplants. Um, (laughs) Good. (laughs) And so that that person, without your kidneys, you cannot, the body cannot live. And it's, it's so incredibly important. And so in this particular case, um, for him to no longer be a diabetic, he required a kidney and a pancreas. And long before he needed it, his, his diabetes doctor put him on a transplant list. Did he know that? He didn't know that. Oh, interesting. That was quite a surprise. And he did eventually go on dialysis and it was a really challenging situation and we were all very concerned for him. Yeah. Cause he lives, I'm assuming pretty far away from hospitals and locate yeah. Yes. Yeah. Those facilities. It's a drive to get to any place where he lives. And so because of that, he had, um, he was always kind of on notice and he knew things were beginning to fail and uh, the, the body without, without the correct insulin balance, even as hard as you work sometimes, it just time takes over. And so about 12 years ago, he got a call one day that said that they had, they had organs available for him. And so he went to, um, a, a city that is well known for doing transplants successfully and he received a kidney and a pancreas and overnight he was no longer a diabetic which goes to the spiritual law that when you no longer need an experience it stops happening and you know as and you say that it can happen that's just it sucks sometimes right here having to hear that but it's true it's, it is it is true yeah Hoard. all right so i'm sorry to interrupt but yeah and a miracle did happen for my brother for the donor It was a young man who took his own life. It was a rifle. Uh, It was a gunshot. And the family had to make an agonizing decision. A quick one. It's a quick one because, again, the body has to be kept alive, although the person is is brain dead. And there's no function and there's no hope they're going to come out of it. And the transplant teams are very conscientious. They think the person has a chance they're not going to even ask the family, but they are trying to prepare because they feel this pressure of so many organs. So, so the family said yes, 
and he did receive this is like a six or seven hour massive operation and it's really traumatic and you have these incredible scars and he comes out of it and he's and we get a phone call that this has happened and and you know he's just having a really hard time in you know recovery and the day after and then the day after that and they can't understand i mean it's just a really difficult situation and i finally am able to get him on the phone he's telling me all this and i said well of course you didn't cross the donor over the donors I, I can tell you right now i can feel he's really angry and he said is that what i'm feeling i'm feeling this enormous rage and i should be grateful and i said it's not your rage you're feeling the soul for whom this happened and it's uh, it's very traumatic for the soul. And yes, he is he is officially dead now. And you have the organs of a very angry person, and a person who was extremely depressed. So I think we need to find this this person. And I and I said I know you feel terrible physically. I mean you're you're you've just had this massive surgery, and it went well, but it wasn't perfect. And we worked together and he was able to talk to the donor. Did you cross him over right away or did it take time? Well, it was three days after the okay. surgery. All right. It was only three days. Okay. And I could feel that this donor was pinging among everyone who received organs. And when we were able to find him, which we did and <clears throat> spoke to him and my brother was able to express gratitude directly to the soul, which was astounding and miraculous it's a highly unusual situation and then i brought in angels and by the way anyone listening can do this to their family member or to the donor you know who person who gave those organs bring in angels with massive healing blankets to heal that soul because how do i bring in an angel you just say Almighty God, I am requesting angels of healing for my loved one for whom we don't from whom we donated all these organs. We now want to focus on our loved one and we're asking that he receive he or she receive healing or my child and that they be crossed over and you can say the crossing over prayer. If you specifically want the crossing over prayer for organ donors, email us and we'll give it to you. We have there's a new book coming out on all different types of prayers and this is one of them and we'd be happy to send you a pdf of that yes if you know of somebody who is an organ donor or a recipient shoot us at go to ghosthelpers.com and contact us shoot us an email and just ask for that and we will absolutely send that your way and i think that the thing that was really he, he told us so much it wasn't my first time talking to organ to organ donors i had done it before and they are always surprised. They're stunned that this happened to them. They can't even believe they died, much less that they can still see that their organs are alive. So it's hard enough to wrap your brain around that, yes, I wanted to die because I took my own life, but now I'm really dead and it's not any better than when I was alive. So that soul needs enormous compassion it's about the healing of that soul before you get them into the heaven world. And that's a huge, I'm doing my hand thing again. I'm doing, that's just Her a Italian's huge, coming out. Go ahead. huge element of service and compassion for those souls. And as soon as we crossed him over, the, the 
ricochet element, I mean, the my brother had to go in and have a follow-on surgery because they were convinced that, that something else had happened, but they went in and everything was fine. And after that, he began to recover faster and faster and faster. And, and in fact, now he is the poster child, the poster person for successful transplant. And 12 years later, they think they only last 12 years. His organs are in astounding shape. And one of the times, I think in the last two years, he was seeing the transplant doctor because they're always doing follow-up. It's a lifelong it's a commitment. It's a commitment. Mm -hmm. When you have someone else's organs, it's a commitment because your cellular memory and the cellular memory of the donor are different. They're not the same. So now you have rejection and because the donor is, is ricocheting among all of the recipients and they're angry. So they're, that's part of the reason for rejection. So he's having a conversation with the transplant surgeon who's going, you know, you're doing so well. And he says, well, I'm going to tell you, Dr. Y, because my sister and I crossed over my donor. And we believe that they, if you cross them over, you're going to feel better. And you know what his surgeon said? No. <laughs> he did not bat an eye. He says, we know that. If we could get everybody to cross over all of the dead, it would be a difference. I'm thinking, why don't you do it? Well, you know, and here's a thought, though. If they know that, they can't mention it because science and spirituality are some, for some reason, are in different buckets. But the doctor it's all says- this, it's, all, it's all about spirituality. So how did that manifest? There are some organ recipients who are on 40 different rejection drugs. I mean, it's insane. But my brother's on three, which is apparently the lowest you can be on. And his there's no sign of rejection. After 12 years, those organs are in great shape. And now, what effects did my brother yeah, have? Yeah, you've got some interesting little side stories. Okay. Um, because the donor was a depressed person, you now introduced a depressed frequency or a depressed frequency organ pair of organs into the body that is a challenge it's a cellular the, memory thing as you were saying cellular memory thing which a lot of surgeons know and if and that's a reason that for rejection there's a really good book on that too we were just discussing the biology of belief by dr lipton dr bruce lipton wrote an amazing book called the biology of belief because we want to marry science and spirituality because there's really no difference and this surgeon was so honest he said i believe you completely we have seen that our our recipients who've crossed over the donor they just do beautifully and we feel really strongly about this so now here's the next issue my brother is carrying the the cellular frequency of the donor and this donor liked junk food but he was berserk for fritos <laughs> my brother was eating practically a bag and a half a day he couldn't and, get enough fritos. and that's not him no He's, he has never you know it's yeah. like maybe you have them once or twice you take them camping and you can they go right they, they're a fire starter you know you can light a frito it'll start a fire i did not know that yeah, there's so much fat and i know you can put like a lot of dip in it or something oh, or no, and he couldn't get enough of them <laughs> and there were other things that he could feel about this person and he never felt shadowed anymore and a lot of recipients feel like there's somebody looking over their shoulder and but the most astounding thing happened. 
my brother has had brown eyes as long as I've known him. And in the last four years, his eye color changed to a vivid, unmistakable green. And that blew me away. I hadn't seen him in a, in a year or so. And I went, oh my God, where did you get green eyes? And he said, I don't know. I woke up one day and they were green. Oh my gosh, wow. this is completely so freaky. Does he know what color the donor's eyes were? Yes, because it took him almost, I think a year and a half. He went through the process of connecting with the family that gave him the, or that, you know, donated. Uh, donated the organ and he thanked them. He was actually on television thanking the family. And he did find out this guy was just nuts over Fritos and he did have green eyes. And there were some other things and they, and that's a really good example of cellular memory. Yes. Because even though we cross the donor over the cellular memory still lives and the cells have to be able to reproduce themselves and they need the cellular memory to do that. It's sort of like an algorithm that you've got to have to keep replacing the cells. And this is part of why when you're a recipient, they're looking for somebody who's a like match. It's one of those reasons. That's part of the reason, but they can't go. I mean, there's never going to only an identical twin is going to be an exact match. And so I think that one of the big takeaways was that the gratitude we felt to the family, my brother was able to actively express, and then he was able to actively express that gratitude to the donor and cross him over, which enabled my brother to have a far more successful recovery did over the, the years. Did the family of the donor know that you guys crossed him over? Or just doesn't come up in normal conversation? It didn't come up in normal okay, conversation. Okay, I'm just curious. Um, it just didn't come up, and it helps them to heal because that donor is not standing, you know, on their shoulder and all the time. A, a ghost is a soul who is stuck between dimensions. And when you're stuck, you're going to hang on to the living period. And, and it's going to affect and influence the living too on subtle levels and sometimes not so subtle levels. Yeah. I mean, other donors have talked about um, the things that they've experienced. There was another little girl who received the heart of a child who was murdered. Again, the parents trying to turn a horrific situation into something positive. And the ghost of the little girl told her who murdered her, what he looked like. She gave the exact yeah. description of the car, every detail. This is a very well-documented story. Talk about life after death. And unfortunately, no one knew to cross that little girl over, but they were able to arrest um, the find, find the murderer. They found, found yeah. and arrested the murderer based on what this recipient said. And um, the seed atom of the soul lives in the heart. So when a person receives the heart and the seed atom of the soul of another person, a lot of things, they have the highest level of change within them. Some of them can speak new languages, love cooking, um, all their, their food preferences. It's as if the memories yeah. of who you've always been are now are kept inside your heart. And we, in doing the research, we came across an article about a guy named Terry Cottle. And in 1995, he committed suicide by sh shooting himself. And this guy's heart was donated to another man named Sonny. And a year later, Sonny had met you know, the guy who committed suicide's wife and they ended up getting married. So he, right? 
he received the guy's heart. Yes. So he's got the seed atom of the soul of this man. I don't know how he met the guy's his wife, uh, unless his widow, unless they, you know, the donating party agreed to meet, you know, right. this person, exactly. right? Because it's a big deal. It is a really big deal. So this guy kills himself. The new guy gets the heart. He marries the widow. The widow, and in thirteen years later, thirteen years later, in night, and excuse me, in two thousand and eight, this heart recipient killed himself in the same way that terry did in 1995 he shot himself what was that about well you have cellular memory and again you're taking a depressed person's heart and putting it in the heart of another person and chances are that the man who committed the first man who committed suicide was not crossed over of course not so you now have this ghost that's standing by you all the time there's three of you in and the he's marriage. with your wife now right He's yeah. I mean, you both have the same wife basically. Yeah. And it's so it's likely that his heart was so emotionally depressed and it, he became in resonance with the first man who killed himself. It was a, it's a very bizarre, I mean, you, you can find all these stories. There was another woman who had all these cravings for chicken McNuggets and beer and chocolate and green peppers, stuff she would never eat in, in her previous beer, life. Beer, chocolate, and green peppers. I can't make this up. <laughs> and, okay. and in her dreams, night after night, she could see this man coming to her and he told her his name. And she said, I keep having these dreams. So she was able to contact uh, the transplant team and said, I keep, you got to let me know, is this the name of the guy? And they said, yeah, that's who your donor was. So yeah. we know that the ghosts of the donors are hanging around and ricocheting because they can travel with the speed of thought among all of these recipients and their friends and family. And by traveling along the speed of thought, if I'm thinking of my loved one who hasn't crossed over, they're going to come to me. That's exactly right. And they can't, even if they see the light, because so much of them is still alive, they haven't crossed over. That is a huge challenge. Again, that's the whole point of this show. And it's there's nothing more intimate than having another person's parts. Right? I, I mean... It's not like you're swapping car tires. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. It's not like you're, <laughs> yeah, you're getting... It's such an intimate experience. And you're grateful that you get to live. And it's a conundrum because you're living because someone else died. And maybe the only way you can wrap your brain around that is to appreciate that there was karma involved. And you don't have to understand the karma that was involved. Just accept that it was and make sure and you a do. A lot of times that karma is well above our pay grade, as we, you like to say. Exactly. It's maybe we don't understand it, but maybe you can enhance your karmic path and do an enormously compassionate act by crossing over the donor. And if you don't have anything else, use the crossing over prayer on ghosthelpers.com under crossing over prayers, it's free. And there's also, if you go to ghosthelpers.com under the crossing over prayers, if you go to the upper right, there's a drop down of crossing over prayers for suicide, for murdered loved one, and also for animals and pets, because it's really important to cross over animals and pets as well. And we had somebody write into us a week or two ago asking about that. Yeah. 
especially okay. with the Australian fires going on right now. It would be great to have everybody projecting their consciousness onto Australia and helping those animals to cross over. Yes, because when you say a prayer and you project it to a location, you can you can send it with the speed of thought. You don't have to physically go to Australia and pray. It doesn't matter where you are. It's based on Einstein's string theory. Again, marrying science and spirituality. So we know that this situation is fraught with a lot of medical uh, follow-ups for years. For the rest of your life, you're going to have follow-up from this. But now we're, again, we're looking at the 3D printing option. And what they're beginning to do is instead of taking skin and bone and tendon and ligaments from cadavers, because you can be dead and donate those, which is a strange concept. Um, but um, they're now able to print these, you know, bones and tendons and ligaments and then wrap them with the stem cells of the person who needs it. So it feels like their own. <clears throat> they're doing and it stem has your own cellular memory in it too. It has your cellular memory and they create a medium and then they attach the skin and it's just like growing a plant. It, you kind of feed it and it begins <laughs> to grow and populate all over that bone. But you can 3D print a heart valve, a whole heart. And as you populate it with your heart cells, it takes on the form and function and the memories of your seed atom of the soul, your heart would then be wrapped around that. And apparently from, and they're doing a lot of experiments with that because eventually we won't need someone to die for all of these people to live. It's a, it's a brave new world that's coming. And sometimes technology can be really amazing. In fact, what they're doing in all this research that I did. I, I know. know she, she, you did the lion's share of the research by far. In fact, I want to say 99%. <laughs> I think I sent you one little blurb, but I was doing other stuff. <laughs> you were doing other stuff. It's a partnership. We yeah. don't all do the same thing. Um, what they are discovering with liver and kidney cells is that those organs are, they're, they're soft. Uh, and they have a very complex matrix that that creates that tissue and function. And they are now beginning to 3D print a matrix that's a little bit primitive today, but they're getting closer and closer to getting it to have form follow function. And as they're getting it to do that, what they're finding is that they're they're very, very hopeful that this will continue. And uh, as, I, as I was writing this, uh, we're about to print this book on crossing over prayers and it's gonna have more than just crossing over prayers, a lot of other kinds. It occurred to me that if you are a recipient, wouldn't it be nice to have a prayer that would shift the cellular memory of the donor, donor organs? change those cells to be your own wouldn't that cut down on rejection so that prayer was written uh, uh, yesterday actually. okay so we have a brand new one <laughs> well that's and that's there. a really good point and for people who are you know scientifically minded oh that's not possible etc well just remember a few hundred years ago not even people didn't think that washing your hands could save lives because you can't see the bacteria and viruses. Science hadn't caught up with it. Science is catch, still catching up with other things because we're all spiritual beings having this human experience and 
spirituality is on a harmonic scale. It's not just a straight shot to the top. There's ebbs and flows and twists and turns. And we talk about that a lot in the book, Soul Evolution, Past Lives and Karmic Ties. And you can also find that as an audio book if you have an audiobook subscription as well. Another element to this is that water has memory. That was in the new movie, Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> water has memory. And what is the body? If the water level in the body becomes too low, the body dies. And the cellular memory of that, that hydration lives in the cells. So what is cellular memory? But it's the memory of the water that lives in our cells that makes us who we are. It defines personality. And I think it's fascinating when you look at organ donation that the memory of an individual lives in the cells and you, as the recipient, you feel and sense and have cravings and abilities. One person couldn't, you know, boil water and now they're a gourmet chef. I mean, some of the stories were astounding or they could never speak a language and they're fluent in French and, now. You know, there's a lot of stories out there, but you did a lot of fact checking also. So there's a lot yeah. of fake news out there. We know that. So you did a lot of fact checking. Well, I a went lot of on research. the UNOS website and I still couldn't figure out what UNOS stands for, but UNOS is the overarching authority for all organ transplants in the United States. They look at uh, proximity. They manage the lists. They are the overarching, and a lot of these stories and this information comes from the UNOS website. So if somebody wants to know more about it, they can certainly look at that up. I would also suggest Bruce Lipton's book, The Biology of Belief. And I think with yeah. that. All right. So be sure to follow us on Facebook, our Facebook page, Ghost Helpers. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Go to ghosthelpers.com, send us an email from there, and we can send you the crossing over prayer for organ donation recipient because it's about the soul's health, living and dead. There's no right or wrong answer on organ donation, and the bottom line is that we must help the soul because it helps the living and the dead. When you cross over the donor, it helps the recipient and the recipient and their families and also the families of that person who had died. So with that, you are listening to Ghost Helpers. Thank you for spending time with us. We want to thank Benny and Zach, our producers, for all the help they have done for putting this show together. And check out our books and courses at ghosthelpers.com, and we'll see you next week.